Amen, amen. Thanks, Asa. Great job, Asa. Great. Everybody give Asa a round of applause. In the name of Jesus, right? So, um, what's up, guys? This is one of my favorite things to do, to be able to hang out with y'all and um, just be about the word tonight. So, um, it is an honor to be here. So, Pastor Dan, thanks so much for allowing me to, to be here tonight with, uh, with, with you guys. So, but give me a little stretch out, a little stretch. It's going to get a little uncomfortable tonight. It's going to be great. We're going to talk about um, nothing, actually. We're talking about everything. We're talking about good stuff. So, um, like, like Pastor Dan said, this is, this is a two-part series. So the first part is going to just be about um, how we work out our faith, right? How we, how we think through our faith, what it means to even um, walk in faith. And then next week, we're going to talk about how to obtain this faith, or week after next, how to obtain this, this faith. So um, I want to I start with a thought uh, this evening. True or false, God's people sometimes forget about truth, but Satan never does. True or false? True? False? False? <laughs> I would say true. A lot of the times, um, we as God's people, we forget what truth is. Um, but the scripture would say that the enemy actually knows the truth um, like the back of his hand. He said that it's, it, the scripture would also say that, that there, are, there are demons that tremble at the, at the name of Jesus. So they know good and well. Satan himself knows good and well who Jesus is, what the word says. Um, but we, we, we always, 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 because we're just human, right, uh, forget sometimes the creator. Um, we always have a desire to come in and, and um, think we know what the truth is a lot of times. How many, how many of you have ever given really, 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 really bad advice to somebody? Right? It, it only happens when you're younger or if you're old. Um, so sometimes, you know, old people are like, hey, when, when I was your age, I dipped. When I was 12. I'm like, no, it's illegal now, grandpa. It's illegal. You can't do that. You can't do that. It's disgusting, too. So, um, but the enemy is really crafty. Um, how many of you have ever been to a, a, um, like a fair? Oh, the fair's coming up. This is publicized. I didn't get paid to do this at all. The fair's coming up tomorrow. So if anyone wants to go to the fair, you can go with somebody else because I'm going with my family. Love you. Um, so um, at the fair, there's these things called balloon animals. And what, what, what the enemy does, he takes this balloon animal um, and he, he twists it together. And, and the craziest balloon animal, I was looking up different, um, I guess, balloon animals today on YouTube, because that's what you do as a pastor all day. Um, if, if anybody was wondering, and um, this thing is already irking my nerves. It, um, I saw how to make a monkey on a tree. And I was, and so I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, but, but that's what the enemy does, right? He, he, takes, he takes a nasty piece of, of rubber and breathes his nasty breath into it and creates something that you are mesmerized by. He twists truth up so easily. And you know what happens? We fall for it. We say, man, that is a nice monkey, right? We're like, wow, I love that monkey. And all the while, it's just a piece of rubber with his nasty, hot, condemning breath. And we love it. I don't know why that is. I'm going to tell you why tonight. So um, I'm going to have my brother Isaac. Everybody give Isaac a round of applause. Isaac, come on, come on, come on. Isaac is going to read for us. We're going to be in the book of Jude. So if you have, if you have your Bible, go ahead and grab it. If you don't have it, the words will be on the, on the screen. But everybody stand up for us as Isaac reads Jude 1 through 4. 1 through 4. All right. This is really weird. <clears throat> 
Jude chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may peace, mercy, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all people delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed, for long ago were designated this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our Master and Lord Jesus Christ. Great job, bud. Let's, uh, let's pray. That's pretty good. Dear, dear Jesus, we do ask, Lord, that you would bless your word tonight as we uh, try to work through your scripture tonight. God, I ask that you would just be with us. We love you. We trust you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Hey, um, so we're in the book of Jude for the next uh, little, little mini-series. Uh, who is Jude? Jude is Jude, right? So Jude is written by Jude, but who is Jude? Servant of Jesus is also the brother of James, which would make him also the brother of who? You guys are theologians. Come on, I'm taking this off. You know, um, Jude is, is he, he introduces himself in such a humble way. He says, first, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. Um, I'm the brother of James, which would indicate that he was also the half-brother of Jesus. And uh, Jude and his family, they actually were missionaries to um, a group of Jews because that was his heritage. He said, you know what, I'm going to go do ministry to the people that I, I know, the people that I, I'm with. Um, a lot like you guys should be on mission with the people that are in your high school and your family. Jude said, you know what, I'm taking my family and we're going to go find all the Jews and share the news about the Messiah coming. So therefore, he was encountering a lot of these people called Messianic Jews. Does anybody know what a Messianic Jew is? Good, just yeah, say it out loud. Yeah, yeah, a Jew that says, yes, this Jesus is the Messiah, the proclaimed one from Ezekiel, Isaiah. Um, and, and, and so he would write to these people and he would say, hey, guys, listen, I first I was going to write to you concerning salvation, because what was happening is that these Messianic Jews were having a really big problem on how to um, really work out this salvation thing. Because as Jews, you would know um, if you were a Jew that you were kind of grafted into the family of God. But when Jesus steps onto the scene and he says, the, the gospel is for all, my, my, I've, I've died for all, Paul is going and he's continuing the ministry to Gentiles. The Jews are really concerned, like, how all of a sudden are Jewish people and Gentiles now children of God? Well, you know, Paul would explain that we are now grafted in. If you're not a Jew in heritage, that means you're now a Gentile. And if you're a Gentile, you're now um, a, a, a believer. You're now a child of God just as much as the Jewish people were. So um, Jude stepped into the scene. He said, hey, I, I was going to write you about this kind of stuff, but I heard something else. Isn't that kind of crazy? He's like, hey, the Bible says I was going to write about this. But Jude says, actually, I was going to write about this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, of course. He says this, he says, um, I appeal to you, this is verse three, I appeal to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Um, contend, contend. This word means to, to defend um, continually with a vigor and to agonize the truth. I think we have uh, that, that, that uh, definition on the point slide there. Um, this contend means to defend continually with a vigor and to agonize of the truth. And, and my, first, my first point for tonight is that we as the generation must have a desire for doctrinal purity. 
Now, that's, that's like a big, like, churchy word, doctrine. Can anybody give me a definition of what doctrine is? Like, hey, this is, a, this is doctrine. <laughs> great, great. Doctrine, doctrine. It's a churchy word, church-ish word. Yes, sir. It, it can be, it can, it can, it can fuel, be fueled by the word of God, absolutely. Yes, sir. A study of. So I, I would say that, that doctrine is, um, I think I have the, the, the definition in there. Boom, there we go. A belief or a set of beliefs held and uh, taught by a church, political party, or organization. Um, so these beliefs, so when, when, when I'm talking about doctrine tonight, like a doctrinal purity, when I'm talking about doctrine, I'm talking about the overall view or the overall belief of God and his salvation and his ability to save and his work. Now, there are different doctrines that make different denominations. So some, some denominations would say, hey, here's a doctrine of our faith that we believe that you um, have to speak in tongues to be baptized. Um, we wouldn't believe that here, but we would say that you are, you are saved through faith by grace alone, right? Or by grace through faith alone. Um, another another uh, example is um, Nazis would have a doctrine of, of hailing Hitler back in the day. Um, you'd see um, organizations like a like a fraternity when they have you ever seen those those things where the 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 the, the, the guys are like in line and they go you know like you know I'm, I'm gonna finish it that's embarrassing um, but it's this doctrine this this mode of how people do things so the doctrine that that Jude is talking about, he says, contend for this, this belief, contend for your belief, fight for your belief, agonize for the purity of your beliefs. How many of us truly are hurt when we see God's word taken and miscued and twisted? How many of us are really agonized over when, when, when we see, you know, people have tattoos of, of scripture, then all of a sudden you, you see them locked up? Like how many, how many times in, in our, in our, in our, in our Christian culture, are we going to see football players with, you know, verses on their faces, on their arms, but then they're living like Hades backwards when they're off the stage? Like, for me, I'm the type of person like, hey, if you're going to believe it, please live it. And if you're not going to live it, don't say you believe it. I'm, I'm kind of like black and white like that, literally black and white. Um, um, so, so um, how do we know, how do we know that doctrine is pure? If I were to say to you, hey, Noah, bro, I want you to seek out pure doctrine. You're like, question mark, question mark, question mark, right? You're like, how, how would you say a doctrine is pure? How, how would you say that? Yes, yes, ma'am. Confirm with the Bible. Perfect. Would you say a neo-Nazi doctrine is biblical? No. Would you say a, um, a, a pledge that you have to run around um, Yuli three times to be a prof- Part of this fraternity is biblical. Would you say allegiance to Christ and Christ alone is biblical? Wow, I almost tricked you guys there. Um, You said it perfect. Theology is important. What is theology? Now, it's it's like a test, answer, test, answer. What is theology? Yes, sir. The study of God. Right, so theology, ology being the study, theo being God. Theology of God. And we, we have to know that when we study the study. God, we, we study his nature, we study who he is, and um, let's reread verses 3 and 4 just to, just to get a glimpse of, of all this coming together. So we're talking about doctrine, theology, and this is what he says that he brought to these people. Beloved, although I was eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith. Faith, 
doctrine, theology, all, all synonymous there. That was once all for delivered to the saints. Verse 4. For certain people have crept in unnoticed long ago. They, they were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people um, who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master, Lord Jesus Christ. So he said there are people coming into the church. There are people that are coming into your, your, your circle of influence that are literally perverting, sensualizing, sexualizing, and saying Jesus is not king, but still saying they're coming in the name of the Lord. Now, if you look through history, you, you would see this, this, this happening through all types of religions. If you, if you just search cults of the world, you'll see many, many, many cults coming through. Um, and I've been listening to this podcast called Cultish. I love this podcast. If you're, if you're ever like wanting to learn how to defend your faith against Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, Christian scientists, um, any, any, anything that, that, that has Christian, Christianity tagged to it, Check out this podcast. It's on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, I did not get paid to uh, promo them, um, even though I am an influencer on Instagram. Just kidding. I'm not. Um, but um, basically, this, this, this podcast takes these different religions and, and thoughts, and they basically put them on trial. And they say, hey, what do you believe? Why do you believe it? And, and how did you escape from it? So not only do they put it to trial, but they have people that literally either grew up in it in, in different religions or different sects of Christianity. And, and they, 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 say, they say, hey, tell me your experience. And to hear the stories of some of these people, um, for a Jonestown survivor, Jonestown was a place where this guy was preaching and preaching and preaching. And he, and he, and he lured over 900 people to this little village and called it Jonestown. And they drank cyanide. They drank the Kool-Aid. That's where it comes from. We talked about that a couple, couple months ago. Um, they drank the Kool-Aid. And it was all started from this guy saying doing what Jude and, and Jude 1-4 would say, he's perverted the truth. This man had taken kids and other women and other people, made them his concubines, his slaves, made them work for him. And all the while, they gave allegiance even to the point of death, even to the point of death. That's really important. Um, so I, I was, again, listening to this podcast, and um, I don't know much about Scientology. I'd, I'd seen it a little bit, or Christian science, however you want to say that. I'd seen a little bit here and there, um, you know, growing up, but I never really, like, knew what Christian science was. Does anybody have, like, a firm grip of Christian scientists? Maybe you studied in an ethics class or religion class. Um, great, I'll tell you, but don't become it. So Christian scientists are, um, there's this lady named Mary Baker in the 1800s. She, she, this is her story. She slipped and fell, and then her falling, she broke her hip, and then she got back up. She was skating on ice, and she was healed miraculously, given a sign by an angel. And she said, hey, I am basically the God that you need to follow, but I'll use Genesis 1, and only Genesis 1 to make it valid. So she said, creation is beautiful. God is beautiful. God's awesome, but he created us in his image. So therefore we are gods. Anybody want to jump on? Right? So, so she began this following and now you have Christian scientists, Scientology going throughout the world. But in my little Yuli view of life, right? Sometimes um, I was like, oh, Christian science this is going to be good. Like they're going to explain science and Christianity. I love talking about how science, how God is, is, is greatly to be praised when you view him through a lens of science because it gives glory back to him. Like, okay, Christian and science must be good together. No, no. Um, and and one, one thing that's really important in the doctrine of Christian scientists is that they don't believe any, in any medicine, no, no medicinal med- medication at all, um, no blood transfusions. And one of the guys that was on this podcast began to just share about his life growing up. And he said when he was in college, his first year of college, he had over 16 of his friend's parents die 
because they did not get a blood transfusion. He had friends as he got married and got older. The, the wives that have a baby need a blood transfusion because of something happening in the birth. And not only did the baby pass away, but the mother passed away. Somebody began this movement and death came forth. And I want you to hear this really clearly. When we, when we talk through all that is pure in doctrine or, or unpure in doctrine, doctrine, I want you to always hold this really, really tight. Every false savior demands bloodshed and sacrifice. The only true savior demands a response from his bloodshed and sacrifice. So for the Christian scientist, the bloodshed is the innocent people that can't get a transfusion. The grandmother that falls and breaks her hip and goes through surgery, sorry. The mother that passes away, that's their demand. You look through any other religion in the world, you have Islam. The only true way for someone that is in Islam to, to go to heaven is to perform jihad and to basically strap a bomb to himself and kill himself. That's their quote-unquote guarantee. For the Hindu, it's, it's to offer sacrifice and give up things. We, we have a missionary that we support in India. And unfortunately, there was a translator that came in. And unfortunately, his wife was just with child. And they beat him back to the village that he was from. Because they said, if you're going to work with these Christians, you can't have a family. Right? These people are told, cut off everything for the sake of holiness or right standing with God. And so many times, there are people in churches that call themselves Christians and they'll, they'll, they would much rather take the first demand for people than the second demand because they want the bloodshed and the sacrifice of the people. Uh, John Piper is, is a great, great theologian. If you have any time on YouTube or anything, um, search John Piper. And he says this. He says, we love the hype of the mega pastor or the evangelist or the TV, whatever, from TBN. He, but he says this. He says um, that... We, we love the hype of, of that until that rock star pastor has an affair and runs off with somebody else's husband or wife. Or until the guy buys a jet plane and, and does what he wants. Like we, we, we love to hear things that make us feel really, really good. But we hate things that push us to be transformed and stretched in our faith because we are so comfortable. I, I plead with you, contend for purity in your doctrine. Contend to wrestle through the scripture. Even tonight when you go home, think through everything I've said, things that Pastor Dan said, the things that your, 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 your teachers are saying, your, the things that, that, that Pastor Mike is saying, the, the things that, that you even read online, like contend for your faith to be pure and for it to be examined and founded, as Alexis said, through the word. But here, here's the truth. Ready for the truth? The truth has been attacked since the time of the beginning. Adam and Eve, they were told, hey, you know what? If you eat that fruit, you'll be like God. Cain and Abel, what, what, what was the truth that Cain was told, uh, or, or lied that wanted to be truth that Cain was told that, to make him kill his brother? Anybody? Yes, sir. He would get the older brother rights. He was told these little lies. You can keep on going. Moses, as he's going up, as he just led these people, God's people, right? God's people through wilderness. And God's people saw God's provision. And he saw his blessing. And he saw his love and his mercy and his sacrifice. He goes to this mountain and, and, and gets these, these ten commandments from God himself. And he comes back down and they're worshiping a stinking cow, right? Not Chick-fil-A. 
But Kaphale, right, this golden nugget of a cow, and the lie is, hey, this cow God is going to be awesome. He'll, he'll get you through. Judas, he was told, hey, silver is actually more important than a savior. And you know what that ended him? Hanging on a tree where his guts literally bursted from his stomach because he had committed suicide. Paul, before faith, he was told and led by the enemy. He, he killed Christians. And even in, after he came to faith, he was whispered lies. Just have a little bit more of your flesh. Have a little bit more of your flesh. And praise God, Paul was obedient by the Holy Spirit and penned, I want to live a righteous life. The things that I want to do, I, the things I don't want to do, I want to do. The things I don't want to do, I need to do. I'm, I'm so thankful for that example. And today, and I think Jude would, 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 would affirm this in, in the scripture here, we're told, you're a God. You're a God. It may not be that verbatim, like, hey, you're a God, but everything is for you. Hey, you be you, baby. You do you, right? You choose your sexuality. You choose who you date, who you marry, who you sleep with, who you choose, whatever you want to do with. You do that, and you keep it to yourself because that's your business. And if you get nosy, tell somebody to touch your nose, right? We're, we're told that in our culture, like, hey, you know what? Eat what you want, do what you want, be what you want. And, and it's like... The enemy is whispering that lie, especially to this generation. You know where it comes from? A five-inch device, right where we hold. It's, 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 it's with us. It's like our boyfriend and girlfriend. It's like, it's, you know, we can't get rid of it. Yes, sir. It's the devil that's telling us lies. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. And, and we have to be super aware. We have to be super aware. Of dishonest doctrine. That's point number two. Let's, let's read on in verses uh, five through seven. Now, I want to remind you, although you, fully want, you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who do not stay within their proper position of authority, but left their proper dwelling. He has kept an eternal change under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities likewise indulge in sexual immorality and pursuit unnatural desires. Serve as an example by undergoing the punishment of an eternal fire. The first way we can know what dishonest doctrine is. Because we want, to, we want to know what, what true doctrine is, and we'll, we'll get to that in a couple weeks. But, but first, I want to lay out, just as Jude did, dishonest doctrine. Doctrine that will lead us astray. And he gave us three examples of the dishonest Israelites. Again, these people were wiped out. Fallen angels, as he talks about these angels that had a right place, but now they're in chains. They are literally chained to, the, to, the, to Satan himself in his service. The people of Sodom and Gomorrah. All of these people end in a place of death. And again, that, that phrase... A false savior requires, not, not that you have an option, he requires a sacrifice and bloodshed. I promise everything that is, is contradictory to the word of God that you're pursuing in your personal lives, it will lead to either a sacrifice of who you are, or it will end in bloodshed and you will hurt. There's no if, ands, or buts. Those two things will happen. They will happen. Trust me, I've been down the road, got the t-shirt, tattoo, tagline, everything. When we look at this, we have to see the first thing is when somebody is speaking dishonest doctrine, first thing is that their character is, is shown. 
right? The, character of these, the characteristics of the fallen ones are laid out here clearly. And when we approach culture today, we must be aware of dishonorous doctrine that is spoken over our lives. I go back to what I introduced it with um, the people that you allow your ear test their characters. Be a skeptic. Be a skeptic. Because I promise you, the Insta life that you see online, like, I I have to be super, super, super honest, right? Instagram will make you want to get out of your own lane in life so easy. Snapchat will will, will make you put things in there that you never thought you would have. Like, and I'm not like a, hey, don't do social media guy, because I think you can use social media for the good. But in your life, like, please start analyzing, like, what am I doing? Even, even my Xbox, like, who are you letting yell in your ear? And what words are you letting yell in your ear, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's like, oh, oh I didn't know I was going to talk about Xbox. <laughs> For those that still play Pokemon Go, remember, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> but really, like, we have to really look at, like, the character of who we're letting speak into our lives. Because their, their characters always lead to where? Destruction. Always. You can always throw back. If, if, if you look at somebody that has had a, a huge success in a cultistic area, there's always a fall. There's a guy um, by the name of Father Time. It doesn't sound awesome. Like, I want to be a cult leader called Father Time. Um, he, he said that he was the Messiah. There's been like 6,000 people to say that he's the Messiah. He said that, guess, he also said this. He said, I am eternal father time died hey you know like it was one of those things you're like okay like you're 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 in it was was imminent when we when we look at these things we have to remember who we're letting speak into our ears and not only who but what they're doing so next would be their conduct Uh, let's let's read through verses 8 and uh, 11 8 and 11 their conduct here yet like in like manner, these people also relying on their dreams defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael contended with the devil, contended, there you go, see, contended, he was disputing about the body of Moses. He did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these people blaspheme all they do not understand, and they destroy all that were they, um, they destroy and they are destroyed by. All that they, like unreasoning animals, understanding instinctively, woe to them, for they walk in the way of Cain and abandon themselves for the sake of the gain of Balaam's error and the perished of Korah's rebellion. Now, it's a lot, right? We could go through, we could have, we could have an eight-week message on each of those points of people. But let me just, just say this. Jude uses, for those, that, for those that are in the Jewish culture, he uses stories that he knew that they would know. He uses a story from the book of First Enoch. Where is that in the Bible? It's not. So it would be like it would be like Pastor Dan or I, you know, using a sermon illustration from the book Crazy Love. It was a story that, that was used within the scripture. It wasn't canonized, but it was a story. So some of these things you're like, I've never heard that the archangel and the Satan, they you know, they continue to because it's not in the Bible. It is a a book of religious experience written. And so the Jewish people know. So if you have any questions, read through it. It's amazing. There's so much in there. But I want to hit this, hit this 10,000-foot view of what we're talking about. When he talks about these people with dreams, he, he, he says this word. Like, in, in today's culture, when we say, hey, I'm a dreamer, what, what, what kind of feeling does that give you? I just want to rise. I'm a dreamer. 
I'm awesome. I love dreaming. Anybody like, I want to dream right now. You're boring me to death. Like, like it's just one of those things. Um, well, when the Bible calls somebody a dreamer, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing at all. It's actually a, 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 um, a word called onar. Everybody say onar. Onars would be those that are called out to actually be false teachers. So, so Jude says, hey, you know what? You're actually listening to these onars, and these onars are saying some crazy stuff. And they're prophesying, and they're phony. And, and it's, it's incredible that these false dreams, people would say, hey, there's these false dreams. Now, pause that for a second. I do believe in today's culture that God is in a crazy movement through the, through the Islamic Muslim world um, by revealing dreams. I've been in Indonesia and uh, this man said, hey, I had a dream that you were coming to talk to me about Jesus. And it was the most like crazy, humbling experience that I was able to have walking through him about the scripture, about who Christ was. Then from there, we were able to sneak into because he was afraid that he would be seen, sneak him with a hoodie on in a hotel room and baptize him in, in, in a hotel bathroom in Indonesia. And it was from that dream God used. So I think that God is able to do that for sure. But these people weren't doing that. They were saying that they were doing that. And on the flip side, I've heard many people come up on a stage and say these crazy, super mystical things. And you're like, I've never been able to experience that. I'll never be able to do that. I'll never be able to do that. But um, recently, there was a guy um, that decided he wanted to raise somebody from the dead. So we're going to look at this conduct of of an onar. Go ahead. Oh, oh. Everybody, worship your hands. Don't do that. No. But it doesn't take long before Alf Lugau's sermon is interrupted. Men of God! Speak to me! I went outside. There is a family that is about to take a corpse to Zimbabwe. The man has allegedly been dead for three days. He died in my hand. And this is your brother? Yeah, this is my brother. Jesus. Jesus. So where did you keep the body? The body was on the mortuary. Jesus. This body is coming from the mortuary. Yes. This man died since Friday. Hey. On close inspection, there are visible signs of life. Where is the media now? And what happens next Hello, has Elliot. left tongues waking. Elliot. Elliot. Jesus. Lift your hands. Marabosa. Lift your hands. To the congregants, an unprecedented scene is unfolding before their eyes. Look what 
I have absolutely no doubt in my mind whatsoever. I will stake my life on the fact that I, if there's, I believe that as if that wasn't real, I'm not real. I will stake my life. The congregate said, I will stake my life on it. Just a reminder. Every false teacher demands some type of sacrifice or bloodshed. So it, it, is, it is kind of funny because like, I don't know if anybody saw immediately. He was still breathing in the cast. I was like, what? Bad acting. So you need to pay that guy a little bit less. So like, um, but it, it is so true. This, 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 this man, this man of God, this pastor, speaker, uh, that, that was just in March of this year. Like not, that wasn't like a tape from the 1980s. Like that was like this year. That's why we must contend for the faith. And when we smell false doctrine, we best say something about it. Every false savior demands bloodshed and sacrifice. And that, that guy just saying that I'd stake my life on it. I'm sure he would because he's been mis- misled. And lastly, to be able to figure out what un. To figure out what dishonest doctrine is, we see that we can tell by the person's creed. So a creed is, is the, the, basically the essence of who they are. So as, as believers, we would believe, like today believers, there's like a Nicene creed that says we believe in God the Father, we believe in Christ the Son, we believe in the Holy Spirit, God is three in one, we believe in the resurrection, that he would come again. Uh, we believe in the name of Jesus. And it goes on, we believe in the Virgin Mary. We believe, believe in, in the Virgin Birth. We believe in the Saints Communion and His Holy Church. So these are, this is a creed that we as Protestant believers would say we believe. But the creed that these men you saw would, would hold fast to, Jude says this. He says, starting in verse 12, and this will, this will close it up right here. Verse 12. These men, these are hidden reefs at your love feasts. As they feast with you without fear, shepherds feeding themselves waterless clouds, swept away by winds, fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead uprooted, wild wild waves of the sea, casting up the foam of their own shame, wandering stars from the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. Jude continues on and he says that this is what it, this is what it means. Like when you, when, you, when you actually get to the core, get to the, the essence of these men or these women that are speaking and, 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 and literally making doctrine dirty. He says they are hidden reefs. They're in total denial of who Christ is. Who Christ is. How many of you have ever been like snorkeling and seen reefs before? I've never seen it. Is, is it beautiful? It's amazing, right? Not for a ship in the biblical days, right? If, if this ship were to go over these, these reefs, it would literally tear the bottom of the ship and everything and anyone on that ship would perish. They, they disguise themselves with, with beauty and fame and fortune, but they are quick to sink anything or anyone that comes through it. It says that there are clouds without water. These, these people, um, I don't know, like the, the last two days it's been raining and it's been amazing because it's been so dry. And if, you, if you're an adult and you have a, a yard, you're like, praise God for that free water because I'm, I'm broke right now. You know, like, but the rain, it's so important. Um, there's some missionaries actually that, that, um, that 
one of our, um, Miss Liz, she helps lead worship on Sunday morning sometimes, and she's in contact with a, with a, with a missionary in, in Africa. And they've been praying for rain for, for the last four or five weeks because basically it's, it's cropping planting season right now, but it's so dry. So they went and they planted um, in faith and said, okay, we're going to have it be done. Uh, crops ruined. They, then they saw some storm clouds. They said, okay, we're going to plant again. Nothing, Right. It says that these false teachers are a lot like these clouds that, that show up that are waterless clouds. That they, they promise sustenance, but leave you dry and empty. And Jude would even, even go forth if, in, in, stud, in more study of, of the text here. It said he would call it a satanic, satanic, like Satan, like demonized cloud. Because it, it, it promises nothing but dryness and dust and, 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 and death. Now, how many of you have ever been to a church service or heard a message or a song that you're like, man, I just am so overwhelmed with, with the living water of God. Like, I'm just so refreshed. I'm so, I'm so just fulfilled. If you walk away from the word of God, sometimes it's us. But if, if this communicator or if whatever you're reading, if, if it leaves you thirsty, you might want to check its source from the character, the conduct, and its creed. It says that it's fruitless. It's like wild waves that toss up mud that look a lot like Fernandina Beach, right? Uh, these, these, these muddy water. And it says it's like wandering stars in the black darkness. Everything they do is motivated by these disgustingly destructive motives. And as we close tonight, um, I want to remind you of this. The truth of the gospel is necessary to fight for. It's necessary to fight for. How you live your life Christian brother and sister in Christ in this room is so important because it's literally the matter of somebody seeing something with the clarity of who God is, is, is trying to draw them in, maybe by your life through the Holy Spirit or by your words through the gospel, or you taking a destructive character, a destructive conduct, and a destructive creed and, and ruining and quenching the Spirit of God, moving maybe in your school, maybe in your family. We have to present this gospel in a way that is Christ-honoring, that in everything that is biblically guided, is gospel-saturated, and that the word primarily is, is what lights it up. Here's a beautiful truth, and this will, this will be the end here. For the, for the believer in the room, for those that say, you know what, I do follow after Jesus, you know, like, I, I've, I've surrendered my life to him. You have an opportunity this weekend to contend for your faith. Right? You're going to be going after and going to Fernandina Beach area, Amelia Island, and sharing the gospel with people that are far from God. That maybe have experienced something like the fake dead man raising in church. Or maybe their experience is a lot like, you know, that they've been the false teacher and trying to be destructive and, and, and keep everything away. You will, not you might, you will contend for the faith this weekend. You will contend for the faith. And, and for those that are still questioning like, this whole God thing, is it true? Is it real? I want to say with the deepest apology, but challenge as I can, I'm sorry if somebody has muddied the water of faith and that's been your experience of Christianity. But here's the truth of the gospel. God is so good to send a guy like me to, to have you to be in a place like this to hear this. Christ died for you. 
He is true and he is living and he desires to make you not only a better moral person, but he desires to make you from a dead hearted person to living a life in Christ Jesus. So you are not an aimless star shooting into black darkness. So you are not one that is destined for fire. So you are not one that is hopeless and helpless and asking something refresh my soul. Because I promise you, every false savior demands bloodshed and sacrifice. Every false savior demands bloodshed and sacrifice, but only the true savior demands a response from his bloodshed and sacrifice. What's your response tonight? Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for tonight, God. We ask that you um, would just allow these truths to um, take root, God. We thank you for the truth of who you are. And, and God, I ask that, that as, as we walk through culture, God, that you would give us wisdom and awareness of, of dirty doctrine. You are so good to us for giving us your word as a guide, as a lamp unto our feet. We love you. We trust you in Christ's name. Amen.